Petersfield's Shine Radio. Growing together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos on Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, thanks for joining us in Growing Together, the gardening podcast from Petersfield's Shine Radio. I'm Claire Venice, and I'm once again at the Adhurst Estate Allotments with Steve Amos. Good morning. Hello, Steve. It's a little bit chilly and quite a bit windy. It's a little breezy and it's freezing. And luckily, I have my allotmenteering hat in my shed, so I've got that on. Smart move. Always have a hat in your shed. Well, we're looking now to spring, Steve. I know. Can't wait. I know. I've so, so been longing for this time. I know, and the sun has got some warmth to it. and More psychological than actual, but um, it's definitely got some warmth to it. And when we sat here with the sun on our backs, it's, it's all right, actually, isn't it? Yeah, when the wind stops, yes. it's quite yeah, pleasant. Yeah, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I have to say, we had a working party at the allotment, and it, and it was bitterly cold. But as soon as you start working and the sun comes out, it was quite pleasant. I think that's the thing, isn't it? This time of year, layer up, yep. get working. Exactly. And then and you'll warm up and those layers will start coming off yeah. too. You'll feel much better for it. Yeah, yeah I was doing a lot of bramble work. Yeah, so you had to keep at least some layers on because that stuff's vicious. Ooh, yeah. yeah it just wraps around your arms and just slices you to pieces. Nice for hedging. And we're doing a lot of dead hedging at the moment. So all the brambles we're taking out, we're laying down as a dead hedge. I noticed that, walking yeah. in. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, How does that work then? Yes. <laughs> yes, it works. It works. I tell you what, let's get Phil yeah, back on yeah, to talk yeah, yeah. about some dead hedging. I think it's good, mm. good for the environment, it's good for animals, bug life, and it creates a natural barrier rather than putting sort of chicken wire up as well. Nice There's probably more to it than that. We'll have to ask Phil and exactly. find out more. But now is the time to finish cutting your hedges. Yes. Do all that because birds yeah. will be nesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's sort of last knock-ins really for us to do the sort of the bramble work and stuff like that. You know, we won't touch it now until autumn time. Well, just walking in now, actually, I noticed there's some greenery on the trees. It's a little bit, isn't it? Starting to come out. I know. It's, as you say, this time is really exciting. It's that expectation, isn't it? And then in six to eight weeks' time, it'll be green and it'll be brilliant and we'll be manic busy in the garden. Not that we aren't now, but it will be really busy. Yeah, well, there's a lot of prep this month, yes, I find. exactly. Awful lot of exactly. prep. With your layers on, get out in the garden yep. and just tidy up. Get tidy up get your beds done get your beds finished if you've put manure on them start digging them over rotivating them recover them again to keep the warmth in the soil mm. absolutely loads to do yeah actually talking of manure in petersfield there's the petersfield young farmers and they're offering a dung run <laughs> a dung run a dung run at the end of march we'll post it online and let you know a bit more about that but it's a charity event that they do every year oh, right, um, okay. where they do offer I guess they drop off manure, yeah. if you want it, in your garden for a small donation, donation to their charity. Oh, brilliant, that sounds good. We'll find out more about that and, and post it on Growing Together. Excellent. And the other thing, obviously, that's going mad at the moment, I've commissioned my second propagator, so I've now got two propagators going at home. Seed planting is really hotting up now, should we say. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah. So I haven't got a propagator, but okay. I have got seeds that I've sown on windowsills. Yes. Near a radiator. It does work, of course it works. The problem is, showing stuff on window ledges and in heat, houses is stuff gets really leggy and creates quite weak plant so once it's germinated you've got to try and toughen it up a little bit quite quickly if you're lucky enough to have a greenhouse get in a greenhouse a cold frame is really easy to make which is like a small greenhouse make it out of pallets just with a lid on it keep it close to the house on a south facing wall you know get the warmth from the house just try not to keep your seedlings inside for too long because they will get leggy you need a bit to start them off. You do, absolutely. Yeah, then to put them mean. Yeah, and I, I made myself a propagator out of some, um, you know, the, the, the polystyrene sheeting they use for insulation. Yes. I've got some, some of that 
cut it up into a rectangular shape yeah. with sides, about, about eight inches high, and then a sheet of perspex on the top with a, a heat map inside it. Wow. Works a treat. That's Absolute amazing. treat. You can, you can buy a thermometer for them as well. So I just had it on one of those timers, you know, that, that you plug in. Had it on one of those, on for an hour, off for an hour. Brilliant. How clever. Well, That's a great idea. Yeah. So what have you got growing in your propagators and, and in your greenhouse? Well, shallots came out of the greenhouse yesterday. So they're, they're hardening off now during the day and they'll be planted in a couple of weeks time to make space for dahlias. So the dahlias are the next phase in the greenhouse. Um, in the propagators, I potted on nearly 100 tomato plants yesterday. Wow. Yeah, so 100 tomato plants. Then we've got chilies, we've got aubergines, we've got bell peppers, antirhinums, you know, they go in early. Sweet peas are all in the greenhouse as well. Yes, yeah, so, so loads going on. The propagators are full. Then, then it'll be a case of hardening stuff off as soon as it's ready to mm. be hardened off and, uh, you know, bring it to the greenhouse out here, which isn't heated at all. Once we're past the frosts, stuff's fine in the greenhouse. You just got to be careful though. Those late frosts. Yeah, they get they, you. They do. They yeah. did for me a few years ago. Wiped out every single tomato plant I had. Oh, and I'd grown no. a load for plant sales as well. It was probably, probably again, about 100 tomato plants. The whole lot went, but never mind. You're quite early with all of this. Yeah. I mean, I know it, you can do it early, yeah, but yeah. there is definitely still time oh, to my goodness. start sowing oh, tomatoes and, and yeah. sweet peas yeah. and aubergines and chilies and all that sort of thing. I did a couple of trays of sweet peas yesterday, just to keep that sort of successional growing and flowering sort of thing going. No, absolutely, you don't need to be in a rush. Stuff will catch up with itself, no problem at all. And it also, rather than sowing all at once because then you are suddenly panicking aren't you about potting on and, and yeah, finding space exactly so yeah that successional sowing is actually a really smart way yeah, what, of gardening what, what i do with my seeds is i get the early seeds so like your tomatoes and your chilies and your aubergines and stuff like that get them in one pile then the next lot in another pile and the next lot in another pile and then the late stuff last usually got four or five piles of seeds to sow every probably three or four weeks it works for me well talking of seed sowing the first ever, we think, the first Petersfield seed swap is happening. It is very much happening. I'm really excited about this, Steve. I know, me too. And the more people I speak to about it, read about the seed swap, what a great idea. Yeah, it could be good. I hope so. We I might have so. six people there, which would be great for those six people. But I'm hoping we're gonna have a load of people. Put it in your diaries. Yeah. It's Sunday, March the 26th from 4 till 6 p.m. at the Half Moon Pub in Sheet. So Sunday, March the 26th. Really looking forward to it. That'd be good. And you can always have a beer as well at the pub, can't you? Really good idea, Steve. Or a glass of wine or a gin and tonic. <laughs> and well, actually also there'll be other people there on hand to have a chat to, various different gardening advice and tips. We'll be there, of course. Yeah, so, so well, come I'm on. We're hoping Phil's going to be there. And Phil is full of facts. Fact-filled <laughs> Phil. Yeah, Phil Paolo from Future Shoots and all his amazing tree and hedgerow expertise. We might get him to talk about dead hedging. <laughs> That'd be great. So also another bit of good news, actually, the Growing Together podcast has been voted the 10th best UK gardening podcast. No um, way. Yeah, from Feedspot and we're creeping up. So we're 10th out of the top 25. Wow. I'm loving it. But thank you. Thank you very much for listening and for following what we do. You know, we really love doing this podcast and, and meeting everybody involved in it. So uh, It is great, isn't some, it? It is good fun. Some, some people might think it's a little self-indulgent, us sat here talking about what we love doing, but I think we do love doing it. And if somebody learns something or gets a piece of interest from anything we're talking about, it's a job well done, isn't it? It is, and it's just great to have a nice, supportive gardening community. You know, that's what I'm finding as part of this as well. Do you know what, though? I think the gardening community in general is brilliant you know when I go to the shows and you meet people who show at a national level 
and they just give you advice. Of course, they care because they want to encourage people, other people, to do it. And I think the more people that talk about what they do and how they're doing it, the better. If this goes some way to do that, then brilliant. I'm not going to give away all my secrets, though. I'm trying, Steve. <laughs> I am trying <laughs> to get a few from you. Well, talking of expert advice, I spoke to gardener Helia Bowling, who is Hampshire-based, and she is known for her cut flower gardens. Oh, and right. She's known on Instagram as the garden goddess, and quite rightly, really, because she has a huge amount of knowledge and information about how to have your own cutting flowers, which is something I'd love to focus a bit more on it. I love the veg, and I pop some flowers in and around my yeah, garden, yeah. but to actually properly focus on having some cut flowers. I love popping out into the garden and just oh, snipping up what I have and making great, a vase. There is something lovely about having your own flowers in the house as you say go out pick a vase full of flowers and put them on the mantelpiece or, or wherever it's just lovely isn't it it is lovely yeah. so yeah so i had a chat with helia and and this is what she had to say the last time i saw helia bowling was at the hampton court palace flower show in july last year where she was at the Alitex stand with the most gorgeous cutting flower garden which won five stars hello helia hello claire nice to see you again really lovely to see you again i can't believe it was july that we last saw you but what an incredible flower show that was for you can you explain how that all came about please oh well i started doing some seed sowing classes and nelly from anitex asked me if i would do a seed sowing class with her and then would i think about creating a cutting garden for their hampton court show garden And of course, I just said, yes, of course I would, because that's like the dream job with some of her volunteer growers from her grow club. So we started growing our seeds in April last year. It got very, very cold all of a sudden and it took ages to germinate. And suddenly we were a bit worried whether we would have plants in time for July because I've never really grown them for a particular week. You know, they had to be in flower the first week in July. And you don't normally think about that at all. So we started growing and they did germinate. And then we had all weather. We had heat wave and gales and all sorts. Um, one of our friends in Scotland had rain, constantly rain. But we all turned up at Hampton Court to plant with all the plants in our boots of our cars. And, do you know, we suddenly had a garden on our hands. And you could really see it coming together that the literally the butterflies and bees sort of descended and around them and it was amazing how the garden really just started sort of creating itself and it was just the most fabulous garden once it all came together really really wonderful experience we loved it I remember it was a very hot week but what an amazing experience And, and what have you been doing since then in your garden well I have been sowing a lot of autumn sown annuals with my business partner Sophie we do seed sowing classes online as a group and we sow and grow seeds you know so that we have seedlings for the next year and we find if you do it as a group you you kind of do it at the right time you don't get disheartened when things might go wrong we motivate each other so I've got a load of seedlings in my greenhouse that I'm wondering when to plant out because they're all hardy annuals and that means that they are frost tolerant but they're my little plant babies so I'm a bit nervous about putting them out so yes so I've been doing that and oh and I've been doing a course on learning to be a garden designer so I've just started that that's so exciting yeah it's very exciting things that happen from sowing a few seeds (laughs) well we're here in your Hampshire garden it's looking beautifully spring-like you've got a gorgeous spring border just behind us there and we're outside your greenhouse right now I can see there are lots of lovely exciting seedlings in there do you tend to grow 
more flowers for cutting than anything else? Yes, I started with a few and then you get a bit addicted to the flowers. But I'm trying to go back to a few vegetables, a few vegetables that I like to actually eat. But it's mostly flowers, annuals for picking, because the more you pick your annuals, the more they grow. I find that just magical. You know, you can go and pick a bunch and then they will replenish. And I've also got dahlias. So my dahlias are in the ground with a nice layer of mulch on top of them. And I'm hoping that the frosts that we had in January have not killed them. But you don't really know until, I don't know, I won't know until June, but we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. We're outside your greenhouse. Can we pop yeah, in and have, have a look? look. And yeah. I'd love to find out what your go-to cutting flowers are oh. that you tend to sow that you keep coming back to. Oh, I do have some favourites. I, I mean, on the floor, I've got some cornflowers, which I sowed in September, but I would also start to sow again quite soon for succession flowering. So these would flower June, probably, because they're autumn sown. But if I sow another load now, then I'll get a later flowering in the later summer. But they're super hardy. I love growing cornflowers because they're such a great doer. You put them in the ground, you pinch them out, which means you sort of nip out the top growth shoot which is trying to shoot up one big flower stem it's quite brutal you pinch it out with your fingers but what that does is it tells the plant to grow lots of different shoots so you could probably get about 16 flower shoots coming off that one plant just from one pinching out and it makes for a lovely bushy plant what else am i going larkspur larkspur is a lovely thing to sow where there's a frost coming because they sort of need a bit of a cold weather spurt to kickstart the germination of their seed. It's interesting. So you need to give a bit of cold and warm treatment to larkspur. What else have I got here? Sweet peas. I think if you're only going to sow one thing now, and you don't even need a greenhouse for this, sweet peas are the thing to grow. They're really hardy. I thought it was amazing that sweet peas are hardy annuals. You kind of think they're so tender and delicate, but they're not. They're, they're really tough. So I've got some that I sowed in October here, and they're in long, these are called root trainers. They like a long path for their roots to grow down. And these root trainers are really perfect. You could actually use loo rolls as well. Loo roll inners. I do. do. I tend to use that too. Yes. Loo rolls are really good. Um, I sort of collect, I collect them. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. No, you're not the only one. <laughs> Dari Knight, these are. I sowed these ones and they like the cool. You don't want them to rocket away. You want them to be growing nice, strong roots below the ground and not get too leggy and tall at this stage. You, not, you want nice, bushy, sweet peas plants. The other thing that's my total favourite, and I've kind of gone against my rule, my rule to myself is don't sow too many because you can get a bit of seed overwhelm when they all germinate. And I've broken that rule because <laughs> I love antirhinums, so like snapdragons. So I've got quite a few. I've, I've got some that I sowed here. They're tiny. They're the tiniest seeds. They're like dust. And they're also half-hardy annuals, but they need a long-growing period. And half-hardy means that you can't put them out before the last frost has passed so they're a bit of a long haul plant but I've got loads and I've actually got some germinating in the house mm. as well so I have broken my own rule. Ami Majus that's another one to sow. I've got some Ami here. I think I had I think I had a bit of a, a mouse come in and literally pulled up all the seedlings. I can only think that that's what it was so I've repotted them. I was going to throw them away but 
I thought they'd still look quite alive, so I repotted them and they seem to have recovered. But Amy is a bit like cow parsley and it's really lovely and a bunch of flowers. And, and, and that's actually what you start to think. You kind of start to think what goes in a bunch of flowers. You know, what's your sort of star of the show and what's your filler? And then you pop in something a bit, I don't know, a bit different, just to zhuzh it up a little bit. I sort of just tend to grow what I like and then I pick what I see. You're putting too many rules on. You know, there are rules with sewing, but when you're picking, I think it holds us back a bit. And I was the same. I said, well, I can't, I can't arrange flowers. I don't know how to arrange them. And that stops you from picking them because you think, well, I, oh, I'm not a florist. I don't know how to do that stem swirl. And, I, you know, I don't know how to do it. But I say just push that aside a bit and just go and pick the things you like and just bung them in a vase and see what happens. You'll start to fiddle around with them and think, oh, I need a bit more green in that or something will flop. And you think, oh, why did that flop? That's not very good. And you realise, oh, I needed to, what they say, condition them, which is you put them in a big bucket of cold water. I tend to put them in the garage overnight. It's like giving them a drink and a rest before you arrange them. And that means they last so much longer in a vase in the house. It's really good discipline to have. Pick them late in the evening, put them in straight in a bucket of water, put them in the garage or somewhere cold in your house. And then you'll go in in the morning and they will have all perked up and looking quite sort of sturdy. That's a good tip. Talking to you and being in your beautiful garden and at the moment in your lovely greenhouse, surrounded by your sweet dogs and your chickens. (laughs) I feel very inspired and fantastic advice and tips. Helia, thank you very much. Now, you are on Instagram, aren't you? You have quite a following on Instagram. How can people find you? Oh, yes. Come and look for me at Garden Goddess UK. That's garden underscore goddess underscore UK. Give me a follow and it'd be lovely to see other people and see what they're doing in their garden as well. Thanks so much, Helia. Really lovely to see you again and hopefully see you soon. So what else is going on down here then, Steve? Well, there was talk of broad beans the other day. Those that haven't got their broad beans in pre-Christmas, now's a good time to do it. Broad beans, peas, you can sow peas outside now, depending on the variety, of course. And, you know, what I would do is certainly warm the soil up, putting some black plastic or some covering over the soil before you plant them. If I were sowing peas and beans, I think I would modular sow them. And then when they're germinated, plant them out. Like I do with the um, onion sets, you know, in the 24 cell seed trays, onion set in each one, wait for them to shoot up, a nice root system, plant them, just stops the birds picking them up. Like with the mice, I don't grow them myself. But the other thing that I'm contemplating planting any time now are parsnips. Now's a good time to be planting your parsnip seeds, which are, again, notoriously difficult to germinate. But um, yeah, in the barrels, they're all cleaned, ready to go. So I just need to call them out. I've got the compost. Project Carrot and Project Parsnip starts again. Excellent. I know. From last year's success. Exactly. Oh, that's great to hear. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah, parsnips need quite a long time, don't they, to germinate. They need to be in the ground for quite a long time. Yes. If you are getting out in the garden and want something to sow, that is something you really need to be doing in March. In fact, I'm going to. I haven't sown parsnips for quite a few years. No? I love parsnips. They're great, aren't they? I can't remember which variety I last sowed, but they were long and I had quite a job getting them out of the ground. (laughs) Well, I use a variety called Gladiator, which worked for me. If it's not broken, don't fix it. So uh, I've used Gladiator for a few years now and they they work really well. How long do they get? As long as the barrel. Oh, right. So they did grow down. About three foot. Oh, wow. (laughs) 
I suppose in a barrel, though, you don't have to wrangle them out to the ground. No, they're still you? quite tricky to pull out, though. Okay. And it's quite interesting, though, because when you sow the seeds, probably sow them a centimetre or so deep, and then when you go to pull them out, the seeds have dropped. Sometimes at the top of the parsnip is a couple of inches down. All the green's sticking out, obviously. Lots of fun. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned, some have always mentioned your dahlias. Yes. What are you doing with your dahlias this well, month? The ones I'm propagating from are on compost. As soon as I've got rid of the shallots, they'll go in the in the greenhouse and on heat beds, start shooting, then I'll start taking the cuttings from those in a few weeks' time. I've got mine, and I don't know if this is right, mm. in pots at the moment, in the greenhouse. Mm -hmm. I did pop them up, so they're in compost, with just the tops that obviously have been cut, but the tops yeah. there. And they'll sit there now until, hopefully, they start to shoot again. The only problem with keeping them in pots, small pots like that, if it's not frost free because they, they will get damaged by the frost the tubers suffer from a hard frost you know and we have had a couple of hard frosts this year we might be out of it by now i doubt it it's mm. only the beginning of march isn't it you know we're bound to get another cold snap so just just watch yourself with that even in the greenhouse yeah okay yeah put some fleece over it which will definitely help okay yeah. good tip thank you very much do you sow any other summer bulbs i think in the past you've had gladioli down here haven't you yeah i've got gladioli i've left them in this year i'm going to get some more there's a specialist grower of gladioli over in Western Supermare, which I got put onto a couple of years ago. So I'm going to hit them up for some new corms, some new varieties. So we'll see, see how they go. But they don't need to go in yet at all. You know, they're a long way off going in. It's got to be really warm. Another thing to think about at the moment is dividing your snowdrops. As as they come into the end of flowering, dig them up, cut them in half, cut them in quarters and replant them. You can separate the bulbs individually. It's one a faff and two has less impact of just planting clumps of snowdrops. And I did it last year in the front garden and the show this year is superb. It's really good. There's nothing quite like it, is it? Oh, it's There's amazing. Nothing love quite it. like Absolutely the snowdrops. Swiftly followed by the crocus. Yep. And then the daffodils. Then the daffodils. Mm. So we've got all three out and of course the hellebores. Hellebores. Hellebores are lovely this year as well. They are, aren't they yeah. actually? I'm yeah. really enjoying the hellebores in my garden. I always think I need to get more. They are lovely. You've got you've got a few? I have. I have a few. I have some white ones and I have some some purpley coloured ones and the white ones just pop in amongst the sort of the rest of the muddiest grey murk of the borders you've got along with the snowdrops this lovely pop of white. splash of colour yeah and you cut the leaves off around them yes so that the stems can go up and the flowers can can shine yeah, and exactly. daffodils are coming out as well so again that lovely yellow of sun that's great isn't it <laughs> really helps it's really cheerful isn't it it is very cheerful yeah. actually another job i've got to do i have a compost bin in my garden which i haven't been adding to for about a year or so so it's really ready now to yep. be put onto the ground so if you haven't done it already put some mulch on your beds put yep. some compost on your beds empty your compost bins that's something that can be done now this month again just another thing to to prepare for the mad season ahead of us in in april yeah march people are yeah yeah i've got this covered i've got this covered and then as you say april comes and it's like oh my goodness i've not got it covered yeah. let's get it sorted out i think there should be a, a, a party a spring party first of march every year celebrate saint david's day daffodils and blooms mm. everywhere yellow blooms of course very nice yeah i think so that's a good idea yeah. <laughs> well, talking of splitting your snowdrops, you can also divide perennials this time of year as well. So I tend to do that with my hardy geraniums. Okay. And hardy geraniums love my garden and there's I've got quite a, a large shady area which does cause me a bit of grief in regards to finding the right plants to grow there. But hardy geraniums really love that they love area. It, they? Yeah. they love the shade, do they? And they do thrive if you split them as well. And mm. they don't take a lot of looking after. You can literally just dig up the clump, put the spade right through it, divide it in half or into quarters if you need to. Right, okay. And then just replant them now. 
and they'll really enjoy that. So lots of things to be doing. You'll be busy then? I am going to be busy, but I love it and I'm really enjoying my greenhouse. Ah. <laughs> the love of a greenhouse. I, I understand it now. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think, I don't know what I'd do without one. Luckily, I've got one here, so it can't be without a greenhouse. I always knew I wanted one, and I've made this little side thing that I had for years work. Yep. But there's nothing quite like sliding open the door, going in, shutting the door behind you, oh. and this beautiful environment. It it's just smells warm. great, it's warm. Yep. I've got a there's small no wind. seat. Yeah, there's no, there's no wind, so you could actually sow seeds without the seeds flying everywhere, which is what I've done in the past. you say you've... You say you've got a seat in there. I've that. got a little seat. There's not going to be much room for it. It's going to have to come out, I think. But at the moment, I, you know, I just take a cup of tea in there occasionally. Just sneak in. <laughs> <laughs> Hide away in the corner on a chair and just, just take in that. And for me, it's a bit of headspace that's so important. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. And, uh, you know, we talk about it often, don't we? Gardening and the green space is so good for mental health and stuff like that. But if you've never experienced walking into a greenhouse, I know it sounds a really silly little thing to do, but walking into a greenhouse on a day like today when it is really cold, but the sun's shining, it's warm, it's quiet. It's just lovely, isn't it? It's just like a little bit of peace. It's beautiful. It's a little haven. Yes. They're really, really enjoying it. So everyone who's got a greenhouse, you know, I'm sure they're all doing everyone's, something Everyone's similar. nodding sage. Yeah. They're going, oh, oh, he's right. They're right, you know. They're right what they're talking about. So if you haven't got a greenhouse and you've got space for one, and you like your gardening, of course, get one. Really it's, think it's, about it's, it brilliant they're absolutely brilliant and you can pick them up they're all over the place you can get them for free mm -hmm. you know a lot of the communal greenhouses here we've got for nothing you know sometimes we've had to buy a few panes of glass but actually compared to the cost of a whole greenhouse it's really good value that's great yeah no we've been very lucky and also look for water butts as well i might often go on about water butts but particularly after the last few summers that we've had and you've got loads here but i i think i need at least one if not two more water butts at home well i work on the theory that each each shed's got four corners yes and if you don't want to faff about with too much guttering just one on each corner if you've got the space for it of course or like we have rows of them <laughs> your village a little your green village of it. water butt village absolutely <laughs> good stuff well it's been really lovely talking to you steve please don't forget the petersfield sea swap on march the 26th 4 till 6 p.m at the half moon in sheet really hope you can pop along even if you haven't got any seeds to swap just come along and say hi we'd love to see you love to meet you and maybe you might gain some gardening inspiration at the same time you never know you never know well, thanks so much for listening to us. If you'd like to contact Steve or I, you can email us at team at shineradio.uk or you can call us on 01730 We look forward to talking to you next month when it's April. Get ready. Happy gardening. Growing together. New every month and always online at shineradio.uk. What was the rival to the VHS video format? Which author predicted the Apollo moon landing? Who became the youngest winner of the Wimbledon men's singles title? Petersfield's Shine Radio with Ian Crossman. I have quiz questions on all sorts of topics for you to test your general knowledge and see if you can score the magical five out of five. The Brighter Minds Quiz is proudly supported by Church's College. Every Saturday and Sunday night from nine. Petersfield's Shine Radio. Radio.